Yo, 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 what's going on? My brothers, my sisters, my family, how y'all feeling, man? Um, Leaf Buck of the Black Cold Podcast, your honored, gracious, humble host. We are back, bigger, blacker, and better than ever. Um, <clears throat> so today, we're going to be discussing Pan-Africanism. So I have, I have two topics. Um, so the, the first topic is pan-Africanism, like I just, um, alluded to. The second topic is going to be the streets and the internet. And you'll understand what I'm saying, like, once I start talking about it. But I'm going to start off with, uh, the pan-Africanism. So pan-Africanism is a concept that Marcus... Garvey kind of had a hand in and he kind of like was pushing it. And, um, you know, I think he was, I believe he was from Jamaica, but I'm not sure. I might have to look that up. And, you know, as as far as history, I'm not too well versed in who Marcus Garvey was, but I know that a lot of people swear by him and I know he had some good work. He was trying to do good work um, for black people on a global scale. But that was back in the in the 1900s and i'm saying early 1900s so what i want to discuss today is african i want to discuss how you know african people haitian people jamaican people or any other black person besides black america black americans and how they treat us and you know from the diaspora they want to talk all this you know uh pan-Africanism and um, unite on a global scale, but that shit don't never um, unite with us on a global scale. It's never, like, it's never together on a global scale. Like, this whole unity thing, it's never on a global scale. It's always one-sided. Because they want us to accept them. They want us to uh, be all buddy-buddy with them. But they're never buddy-buddy with us. And the biggest um, example was Shakari Richardson. If you don't know, she was a phenom of, uh, about in March. Not March. Uh, I'm sorry. May. June. Uh, she had broke a couple records. Won a few gold medals. And... She wasn't allowed to race in the Olympics um, because <clears throat> she got um, suspended for a dirty, uh, dirty urine. But then the the Olympics puts these two people up here who talk about how they use cannabis oil to help them run and help their skin stay and look young and get rid of this and get rid of that. But we're not going to get deep into that. You already know. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Um, but she lost, I think, a few days ago. She came in ninth. And the whole di- so-called diaspora was dogging this girl. Dogpiling on her. You know, she's a young woman. She's going to have to take her lumps. She, you know, she's 21 years old. I think she's somewhere around that age. She's still young. She's eventually going to get... To the point where all the outside noise is going to start becoming 
irrelevant to her because you know she's still young you know her mom died she's never been able to properly heal from that and people like to dogpile on her and i don't like that i don't like this whole concept oh man we all black pan-africanism but y'all don't show it i don't care if it's a competition or not it's like this protect black women thing that they all put out there it doesn't exist because listen she's an athlete she definitely has to back up what she said but on the same token beyond her being an athlete she's still a human being she's a human being she's black and she's a human being she's a black human being man beyond any of that athlete or a superstar the problem that I see and you know they're dogging her all these Jamaicans and then this Jamaican girl said huh I'm not black we Jamaicans I'm Jamaican I ain't black like I'm like yo motherfucker we got the same skin color so how are you not black your nationality may be Jamaican that's where you're from but you black more than anything else and see this is why I said the concept of pan-Africanism does not work in these days because Marcus Garvey had a goal and that was to unite the black people on a global scale so we'd all could come together we can all trade we, we were supposed to be independent of the white man because we all had a, a common enemy uh at the Van Dunn conference all those years ago in the 50s, all the black people in the world came together with one common enemy, and it was the white man. He has oppressed everyone in some shape, form, or fashion. But this is not the 1950s. This is the 21st century, the internet age, where this is the internet age. You know what I mean? Where information is becoming more available you're getting a raw take on these people and how they really are because motherfuckers put their real feelings out on twitter or facebook or instagram tiktok snapchat they're putting their real feelings out on there so my thing about pan-africanism pan-africanism is it has never worked and it never will work because everybody has to be on the same boat we all have to have one common goal. You have Jamaicans coming over here saying they're not oppressed. You got a lot of Africans, Nigerians in particular. They're all down Houston and Dallas. They come over here with their, like, you know, turning their nose up at us. Like, motherfucker, like, the only reason why y'all are over here is because of my ancestors and how they fought to get civil rights. That's why y'all over here. A brother says something that was so profound. He said this uh, this this guy uh, came up to him and he was like, you know, they was having basic conversations about black people in America. He was like, yes, I feel like they did y'all dirty, but y'all can work out of that. No, brother, it's not that simple. You know what I mean? It's not that simple. He was saying how hard it worked and he built four and five businesses around the city and all this other stuff. I'm like, listen. That's all fine and dandy, but everybody does not get that opportunity that you had to get a business loan, <laughs> to uh, to work, to put your kids through school with the free grants. 
I highly doubt that those immigrants and those people that come over here have to pay college tuition the way that we have to pay college tuition. And I'm going to tell my black people something. I want to go off track a little bit. Stop pushing college on your children. Let them choose. Let them go to a trade school. Something that they're going to get return on investment as soon as they start getting into their field. This guy, I used to go to the barbershop. This guy was like, man, he said, if I would have thought about it, I wouldn't have went to college. He was like, dog, I got a four year. He said, I got a, I think he said he had like a two year degree and he was driving trucks. He was a truck driver. He was like, I didn't even uh, 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 get into the field that I was supposed to get in. I forgot what field he said it was. He said, when I went to college, I didn't even get into the field I was supposed to get in. So I'm like, listen, bro. I'm like, bro, I did. I, you know what my biggest fear of going to college and all that stuff? My biggest fear was accruing that debt and then having to pay it back. So, you know, I went off track a little bit, but back to Pan-Africanism. Like I said, I don't have a problem if you want to be Pan-African. That's your, that's your priority. That's your prerogative. But don't force your way of thinking on me. Because it's this whole thing. Well, man, we just got to unite on a global scale. No, we're never going to unite on a global scale. Y'all keep talking that African shit. Y'all go over to Africa. They're not offering y'all dual citizenships. In Ghana and Nigeria, two that don't offer. They don't want you over there. So why am I trying to unite with people that don't like me? Or have this perception that I'm a thug. And I remember this African boy that I used to work with. I forgot all about him. He was talking all this stuff about all these thugs with their pants hanging down. And they got their guns out. I said, have you actually seen anybody with their gun out and them shooting? Nah, nah, nah. I I, I never seen it. This is just stuff that I was on the internet looking at um, from people saying it. And I'm looking at him like, bro, we can't have a conversation then. But you look like a thug. You look like if I get in your, if I say something or or, or, or if I get in your way, you'll just shoot me. I'm like, yo, bro, you don't know me from a can of paint. You talking about me shooting. And I told that motherfucker, yo, stop talking to me, bro. I don't fuck with people like that. I, I, I don't deal with people like that. They have this perception. I never gave you this perception. We've never had a conversation of anything about guns. But you was the motherfucker that got locked up. You was the motherfucker that got locked up for public indecency. You got drunk. You got locked up. And they they locked your ass up on 52nd Street and had you locked to a fucking radiator. Because you... Because you wasn't... You know, you you couldn't handle your liquor. But you talking about me, a thug, that you don't know from a can of paint, but you got locked up. Never been locked up. Always had a clean-cut background. Get the fuck out of here, bro. And you know, that's just how they feel. A lot of them say these things. And it's a lot of them that don't. So I'm, I'm just want to speak on the people that do speak out against us. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, the reason why Pan-Africanism doesn't work right now is because everybody's not on the same accord. Y'all do y'all thing. I do my thing. That's how we do. Y'all want to do y'all. We're going to do us. We're fighting for reparations, but then they speak against reparations because it's a thing of we have to get whatever y'all got. 
we have to get a piece of that reparations pie, and they know they won't get a piece of it because they weren't descendants of of American slaves. I'm not African American. I'm a Black American. I'm not. Don't call me African American. I'm Black. I'm a Black man. I'm not African. Stop. Like, don't put that on me. I did some research. Well, I didn't do research. I'm not even going to sit up here and lie. Well, I mean, me reading the paper is me doing research. Well, I did some research on my my great-great-grandfather on my dad's side. He was born into slavery. I don't know, like, how far his roots go back, but he was born into slavery, bought himself out of slavery, and bought land in Maryland. Now, I don't know what happened to that land, but I got to do more research on on his name was Shadrach Johnson. So that's on my father's side. I want to start looking over into my mom's side. I want to look deep into that. Um, But yes, bruh, I, my family been here for hundreds and hundreds of years. We don't know how long. I don't know if my family was in, was a part of the Maroons. I don't know. I don't know if my family is a part of the Geechee Gullahs, the Gullah Geechees. We don't know, man. It was still some Gullah Geechee people that were still fighting for land and freedom, and, and they were slaves to people. You want to know why they had these type of contracts, that these type of contracts can never be broken? It's because Abraham Lincoln put that shit in place. Abraham Lincoln gave the slave owners what he was supposed to give to the slaves a form of represent uh, of reparations he gave them millions and millions of dollars in damage and restitution for for freeing their slaves and them losing and this was all based off potential loss this was based off potential loss not what they actually lost but this was based off potential and a lot of that stuff holds up today uh, my brother was just talking about this, how his family owned this land. And he left it. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to get y'all the real story. Hold on, y'all. But. Let me see if I can find it. Bear with me, my people. Here we go. The brother said, <clears throat> just heard an interesting story about my grandfather's property. The lady my grandfather worked for, cared for, was American descendant of slave. That's ADOS. Offered them the land they had since the 1960s. Four acres for $100, which is a steal, and that's a, a great deal. When the lawyer got wind of the price, hold on, uh, okay, when the white lawyer went to draw up the paperwork, that sob went and offered the lady $500. Imagine your lawyer deceiving you like that. 
Well, the lady told him to get off her land and never come back and told my grandfather about it. He was livid at, to say the least. Well, they got the deal done without the, the without the shyster, and we still have that land today. Imagine how many times this has happened to our ancestors. This and many other ways is why we must get our reparations. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Just because... I want people to understand and they talk about, oh, we're not oppressed. That's a form of oppression. How you try to undercut us. A white man, a white lawyer that he hired to help him out, tried to undercut him and get his, try to get the land. So, my point being is if the Africans and the Jamaicans and the Haitians and, and, and I want to give a shout out to Haiti. Um, you know, they had an earthquake, I think, a few weeks ago. I, I need to give a shout out to them because they... Are going through a rough time and I want to I'll speak on that earthquake in a different episode because I want to know how one part of the island always seems to get hit but the other part doesn't but we'll get deep into that another time but my biggest problem is you can't scream pan-Africanism but don't understand the struggle of your brother or try to understand the struggle of your brother or your sister. Okay, so that's my biggest problem with Pan-Africanism. They don't understand and they don't try to understand our struggle. They just see what the American dream is and think everybody's supposed to be living that American dream. It doesn't work like that. That's not how things work. And it, it, it it's not going to work like that. So that I, I just wanted to take some time and I want to talk about how Pan-Africanism doesn't help us. You know, it hasn't helped us. And it's not going to help us. Everybody get on one accord. You get what you need. We get what we need and we can meet in the middle. Then we can start trying to take over things on a global scale. But right now we got to handle things that's in our backyard. And the first thing is to try to get reparations. <clears throat> and actually what I want to do is I want to get together a group of people that's in the Philadelphia area. I want to get together a group of people that's in the Philadelphia area. And I want to try to get a group together so we can try to start fighting for reparations. Like, I think this is a fight that we need to fight. And that's what I want to do. Um, and I don't want to hear about, oh, man, we can't do anything specific for black people. I don't want to hear that because y'all have done things specifically for illegal immigrants. Y'all have done something specifically for Asians. I don't want to hear that shit. So... 
We need answers of why we can't get reparations and why reparations is never on the table for us. And they give us some uh, symbolic things like, oh, we're going to get you all the George Floyd um, police act. That shit don't help us because if you're not getting rid of qualified immunity, I don't want to hear about it. So and and, and another thing I want to talk about is all these immigrants that come over here, whether they be from Africa, Jamaica, Haiti. Uh, Barbados, Bahamas, um, and other things, and and, and and those other islands too, the Colombian, anybody of Latin descent, uh, you know, so <clears throat> we have no friends, my people. We have a few friends in the diaspora, but other than that, we have no friends. Everybody's against us. Everybody gets a piece of the pie that we don't get and we've been here, but we're lazy. No, we became lazy when we stopped working for free. So that's what that's on that. You know what I mean? Now I want to discuss the internet, these old niggas in the streets. I want to talk about the streets because the streets have been a hot topic, you know, for years. And I just want to tell people The streets are real. Don't believe that the streets is a myth. The streets aren't a myth. The streets come back and collect. See, when you profiting off the streets, the streets is definitely real until you can't profit off the streets no more. You can't profit off the streets no more. The streets start to become fake. They start to become a myth because you no longer can profit off the streets because you're put in a position where you rumbling for your life. You either going to be in there with a bunch of niggas or you going to be out here with your kids and, and the mother of your children or whatever your situation is. I'll just say family. That's when the streets don't become real no more. That's when they start to turn into a myth. The streets ain't no myth. The streets never been a myth. They always been real. You do dirt in the streets. The streets is going to come back and collect. The reason why I'm saying this is because these old niggas, they get on the Internet <clears throat> And all these so-called gangsters and these so-called killers, they start being off cold. They start acting like little girls. All these murderers, uh, uh, Hassan Campbell, oh, man, um, uh, uh, I respect the shooter. Like, nigga, shut the hell up. You, 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 you respect the shooter for what? See, that's the problem is the, the glorification of the violence in our neighborhoods. Like we don't ever talk about when the neighborhoods was supposed to be about peace and we was protecting our neighborhoods. These niggas don't protect our neighborhoods. They terrifying the neighborhoods. They're terrorizing the neighborhoods. And, and, and I've always said, like, yo, we really need our own police staff. Like, we need our own police to, to run our own neighborhoods. We need to police ourselves. I don't respect none of these none of these so-called gangsters especially if you get on the internet and you talking about all this shit that you ain't supposed to be talking about these niggas go on vlad they start giving up tape on what they used to do and you know that's their prerogative but me personally i would never go on vlad if i used to be a big time bull back in the day never gonna see me on vlad reason being is vlad is an agent i i definitely know that niggas have gotten locked up fooling with Vlad so when niggas get on the internet you get these old niggas the internet 
And see, a lot of them old niggas ain't have... A lot of them old niggas back in the day... Didn't have the internet. So you you couldn't walk a day in their shoes you didn't know unless you was with these niggas. <laughs> My main thing is now when I talk when I talk about these niggas is they going outside. These street niggas, these so-called, you know, gangster dudes. So Uh, the reason I'm talking about this is because Wack 100 did a uh, did an interview with Academics and Six Nine, Snitch Nine. I mean Snitch Six Nine. I mean Snitch Nine. Whatever his name is, the Rainbow the Rainbow Hair dude. So they did an interview, and I didn't watch it because I'm not supporting that shit. Like I don't, I wouldn't give that a click. But Wack 100 is trying to make excuses. for this dude you can't play in the streets and then wonder when the streets come back to collect on what the stuff that you was doing i put the blame on the treyway niggas i put the blame on anybody that accepted that nigga the bloods whoever anybody that accepted this nigga in their inner circle because you could tell he wasn't about nothing he's a sucker You already know that this cat is not about nothing. We know these things. We know this. But y'all don't know it. For whatever reason, y'all don't know it. But we supposed to be cool with this situation. Because, man, you know, he was just in over his head. Well, he shouldn't have took... He he, should have stayed out of it. Stay out of the street business. You stay out of the street business, you ain't got to put no hit on Chief Keith. Nobody talks about the hit that he put on Chief Keith. Because he never got locked up for nothing else but putting a hit on Chief Keith. And then they put the racketeering charges and all the rest of that shit charges on him. And conspiracy to commit murder and all this other shit. This is shit that he did. Well, man, they fucked his baby mom. Well, his baby mom should have been loyal to him. She shouldn't have fucked them niggas. But what I'm tired of is, you know, we glorifying the gang culture. And then the gang culture wasn't even about the shit that it is about now. Because it, it's like a, a click to get into. The, the, the Crips and the Bloods were supposed to be protecting the neighborhood. But what happened was... You know, somebody talked about it the other day. They were just basically saying how, you know, back in the day, a lot of them dudes was, you know, on PCP. They was on drugs. You know, a lot of shit happened. But my biggest problem is... These old dudes get on the internet. <clears throat> These so-called street dudes get on the internet and they start telling you that the streets ain't real. No, nah, nigga, the streets is real. The streets ain't real no more because you can't profit off the streets no more. It's no longer profitable for you to be in the streets because you can't keep that. 
persona that you had, you can't keep that up no more. So niggas ain't really checking for you. Niggas don't respect you because you you was talking street stuff. Now, it, you know, the streets ain't real. No, nah, nigga, the streets is real. The streets is, is definitely real. Like, niggas still be hanging with Alpo. I don't no problem with Alpo Martinez. I, I don't have no problem with that, man. But my thing is, you can't call yourself a street cat and then be around him all the he snitched. He snitched on Wayne Perry. So my thing is, and this stuff is all well documented. I'm not putting, I'm not coming at this man no type of way, but I'm just being real. The streets always come back to collect no matter how much you think they won't. But the problem that I see is, like I said, we glorify the wrong stuff. George, if you're going to throw your life away shooting at kids and go throw your life away and go get these, these rogue cops that be shooting black people. Go get George Zimmerman if you're going to throw your life away. I'm out of text of violence. I'm being real. If you're going to throw your life away, do it for a reason. Y'all, niggas, y'all out here shooting at kids and shooting innocent people. Come on, man. But this stuff ain't for... This stuff is for clout. It's never for a code of honor or whatever. It's for clout. So, man, you know... I. I I don't get it, and maybe it's not in the realm for me to get it. But like I said, if you want to throw your life away, go go after these dirty cops. If you feel that 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 dead set on throwing your life away, it's dirty cops out here that's terrorizing the communities. They don't go after these cats. You want to know why? And I'm gonna tell you why. Because they look at the white man as a god. Because the image of Jesus. That's why everybody wants white acceptance. Because they gave you an image of Jesus and he was white. It's something that they don't follow, by the way. You know what I mean? So, I'm not mad at people. You know, you do what you do. And, but, like I said, man, if you're going to throw your life away, throw your life away for something in a cause of good. You know what I mean? Like, these, these dudes don't do none of that. They throw their life away for dumb stuff. For stupid, petty, street shit. So, I don't have no respect for the, none of these niggas that's on the internet talking all this. They used to be gangsters and, you know, that shit don't matter to me no more. I look at a lot of these gangsters sideways because... Y'all claim y'all from the hood and from the streets, but don't do nothing for your hoods. Don't protect your neighborhoods. This my block. No, that's the city block, my nigga. The government owns your block. The city owns your block, my nigga. Unless you're buying up land, buying the plots of land that these houses on, ain't nothing yours, my nigga. 
I don't, you know what's really gangster? Taking care of your family and taking care of your neighborhood. Being that so-called village that everybody want to be. We, we a village. No, we not a village. We individuals. And that's the problem within the black American community is too many individuals. It's not enough team. So, you know, man, I'm, I'm about to get out of here, but it was great talking to y'all once again. I don't beg for donations, but I will take them. They are appreciated. Like I said, my cash app is, well, I'm going to set up a cash app for uh, the Black Cool. So I don't really want my name out there, but y'all can even donate here on Anchor. You know what I'm saying? Make a donations if y'all want to. I'm not asking for it. I don't, I'm not begging for it. But I'm just saying, if you want to donate, donate, man. That helps me build the platform that I want to build. I want to have my own mass media company one day. Like, I just realized, and my mom was telling me, like, yo, you really got the gift. Like, you can talk and, you know, people want to hear what you're saying. They may not like what you're saying, but people want to hear it, whether it's good or bad. So, you know, I'm, I'm about to venture off into other things. I'm about to set other things up, man. I appreciate everybody that listened, each and every one of y'all. Even if it's only nine people listening, I still got almost 600 listens. I didn't expect to get that much. I barely expected to get a hundred. But listen, man, I love my family, my brothers, my sisters, the kings, the queens. I love y'all. I'm out. Peace.